So again, this week, our scripture lesson, the parable of the sower or parable of the soils um, in Luke chapter 8. This week, we'll be reading from a different translation. This is the Common English Bible. When a great crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from one city after another, he spoke to them in a parable. A farmer went out to scatter his seed, and as he was scattering it, some fell on the path where it was crushed, and the birds in the sky came and ate it. Other seed fell on rock. As it grew, it dried up because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorns grew with the plants and choked them. Still other seed landed on good soil. When it grew, it produced 100 times more grain than was scattered. As he said this, he called out, everyone who has ears should pay attention. And then we skip to verse 11, the explanation. The parable means this. The seed is God's word. The seed on the path are those who hear, but then the devil comes and steals the word from their hearts so that they won't, be, they won't believe and be saved. The seed on the rock are those who receive the word joyfully when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but fall away when they are tempted. As for the seed that fell among thorny plants, these are the ones who, as they go about their lives, are choked by the concerns, riches, and pleasures of life, and their fruit never matures. The seed that fell on good soil are those who hear the word and commit themselves to it with a good and upright heart. Through their resolve, they bear fruit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week, we spent a little bit of time looking at the first part of the parable, uh, life on or life as the path, um, beaten down, hardened, dried, and briefly thought about those things that might potentially make us feel hard, dry, and beaten down. Today, as uh, you already heard illustrated by Christina with the children, we're going to move on and talk about the rocky soil. The rocky soil, probably meaning ground that is full of rocks, not just one solid rock ledge or one, one solid layer of rock just beneath the surface. With all the rocks in the soil, there was not much way for a seed to grow deep roots. No way to get through the rock and down to the moist and nourishing soil that could sustain a growing plant. Because rocks and roots don't usually go that well together. So for soil and for our lives represented by the rocky soil in this parable, sometimes we realize there can be a whole lot more rocks than we might ever realize. In 1990, when I was at the Moorhead Wesley Foundation, we went through about a year of a construction process in which we added an entire floor to the building. As we got toward the end of the process, I started noticing how many rocks and pieces of concrete there were that had been dug up 
or broken up in the construction process. And I knew there was no way we could possibly reseed the yard with all of those rocks there. So I had what I thought was a brilliant idea initially. I told my sons, who would have been six and eight years old at that point, hey, I'll give you guys a nickel for every rock you can pick up and throw in the containers. It was a great plan for a couple of minutes because they did what most guys would do. They grabbed the biggest, heaviest rocks and worked hard to get them over here and drop them in the container. And they wanted to prove how strong they were. It's a guy thing. But after picking up a few of the biggest rocks, they started to realize, and there are a lot of medium size and smaller rocks in this yard. And so now instead of carrying one giant rock, they're carrying four or five medium-sized rocks or a dozen or so smaller rocks and dumping them into the container. And I hear, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching going on in my head. And by the time they finished, I was out about a hundred bucks. A hundred dollars worth of rocks that I didn't want. What I realized in that, in that process was a lot of times, whether it's soil or our lives, there are way more rocks there than we're initially aware of. And then there are also times when a rock or rocks in the soil in our lives, rocks are way bigger sometimes than we ever imagined because they may be slightly covered or completely covered by shallow soil the way Jesus describes it in the parable. Rocks in our lives bigger than we might imagine, and so is their impact on our lives. Some people have had huge rocks in their lives for years, and they're still being impacted by those giant rocks in their lives. Maybe those rocks are 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. They might simply be rocks that a lot of us encounter in life. But then there sometimes are those giant rocks that someone may have deposited in our lives through some painful and difficult situations. They've dumped rocks into the soil of our soul. Sometimes unintentionally, sometimes quite intentionally. Whatever the case may be, we can all end up with some sizable rocks in our lives and they're not always easily visible. Sometimes rocks that have an impact are those that are just below the surface and we can't see. For several years, I tilled up Janet's garden in one corner of our yard and every year I always found a new rock that I knew was not there the year before. I just knew it. And sometimes I would hit, hit a good-sized rock with the tiller in it and it would just rattle me. And I'd stand there and go, wait, I know that wasn't there last year. How did it get there? And then I'd think, oh, well, no wonder that tomato plant right there didn't grow last year. Sometimes we have those huge rocks below the surface, not just in our gardens or on the farm, but in our lives. And they have effect on us even though 
we may not have really discovered them yet. Even when we think we found all the rocks in our lives, there can be more below the surface that need to be discovered and dealt with by our God and removed. It's not difficult to see this part of the parable that Jesus told and how easily it can, can connect to relevant parts of our lives. Listen again to the explanation in verse 13 of what we read earlier. The seed on the rock are those who receive the word joyfully when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but fall away when they are tempted. With no root or little root, a seed simply can't grow deep to be nourished. Roots cannot go deep in the soil if there are rocks in the way. That's true in a garden. It's true in our spiritual lives as well. If we can't send down deep roots because our life is like the rocky soil, growth in the Lord becomes difficult. In a recording I listened to by Reverend Thomas Long, who was a professor at Emory University Candler School of Theology for years. He made this statement that has just stuck with me and almost haunted me at times even. Here's his statement. The greatest heresy in the American church today is not atheism, which I would agree with, but listen to the rest of this. The greatest heresy, the greatest problem, the greatest struggle in the church today superficiality. You hear that? The greatest problem in the church today, the American church today, he said, is superficiality. Superficiality, the inability or lack of desire to grow deep. Superficiality, not putting down deep roots to grow a deep, strong faith. The consequence is shallow, superficial faith that's not deep at all. Shallow faith that can give out quickly and easily, whether we choose it or not, or its consequences, it's the consequences of some of the rocks in our lives. Superficial faith is a real danger in the church today. If we don't deal with the rocks in our lives and instead settle for superficial faith, Roots will not grow deep, and our faith may not hold when it matters the most in life. Are there big rocks in our lives preventing us from growing deeper? Big rocks, middle-sized rocks, little rocks. Let's think about them for just a minute. What kind of big rocks might we have in our lives? It may be rocks that are bigger and more, more in the way, a bigger impact than we ever imagined, causing widespread spiritual and even emotional impact and limiting our growth. Big rocks in our lives. 
Well, we probably need to acknowledge that what might be a big rock in my life may not be the same big rock in your life, but I bet we all have a big rock or two. Big rocks could be anything like willful, defiant sin. None of you. Willful, defiant sin. We know we're sinning, but we go ahead and do it because it's easier than resisting. That's a big rock. But we also have big rocks that come from things like bitterness and unforgiveness. When we've been hurt deeply, maybe someone wounded us significantly years ago. Maybe we've held on to grudges and are completely unwilling to forgive as we've been forgiven by God. And it keeps us from growing deeper. Maybe forgiveness isn't even possible yet because there's still so much of that rock to be uncovered. Maybe you can think of a big rock in your life. What about medium-sized and smaller rocks? The size of it's going to depend on its impact in my life and your life. So they're not going to be the same, but I came up with a list of several things. I thought, oh, these could easily be rocks in our lives. Addictions, anger, resentment, cynicism, greed, grief, hate, judgmental attitudes, relationship conflicts, selfishness, pride, even spiritual laziness. And I'm sure we could add more to that list if we took a couple minutes. All of those things and others like them can be just like rocks in our lives, preventing us from putting down deep roots deep into the soil of our souls and causing faith that is and continues to be superficial, that dangerous thing in the church. The result, whether chosen by us or caused by someone else, can be shallow roots that get in the way of our growth as ever-maturing disciples of Jesus Christ. Rocks of all kinds can completely get in the way of our journey with Jesus, even the ones that are below the surface and we're unaware of or have tried to forget or hide from. But understand, rocks in our lives and rocks in the hands of God are two totally different things. In the Old Testament, God used a rock to bring forth water for the people of Israel while they were in the desert. Before that, God used a cleft in the rock to hide and protect Moses as God himself walks by. And we read in the Psalms a verse that talks about the power and protection of God. This is Psalm 18, 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. God can use rocks. God can handle rocks. God is more powerful than those rocks. 
How else does God use rocks in scripture? Think about the ultimate way God used a giant rock and rolled it out of the way so that people could see an empty tomb. Revealing the resurrection power of God. There are plenty of scriptural precedents set for God using rocks for his purpose. So it's not a hopeless thought to think, man, I've got so many rocks in my lives, I don't know. We know. Jeremiah tells us that God can not only handle rocks, but breaks them up in our lives by his word. Listen, Jeremiah 23, 29. As Jeremiah speaks for the Lord. It's not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces. A hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. It is very possible that the word of God, read or spoken to us, read by us, planted in our hearts by the Holy Spirit in some way, that that word of God can begin to break up the rocks in our lives as we become more completely aware of those rocks and of God's power to break them up. And as we surrender to the power of God's word in our lives. The good news from Jeremiah is that God's word, God's power are bigger and stronger than any rock that may be buried anywhere in our lives. No matter how big it is, no matter how long it's been there, no matter how many there are. God's power as shared through the word of God is bigger and stronger than any rock that could be buried in our lives. There are some people today here or watching online who need to deal with some rocks in our lives in order for us to grow. Maybe some rocks need to be moved completely. Maybe they're so big that we can't do it by ourselves and we need Christian brothers and sisters around us to help us, to encourage us, to pray for and with us. Maybe some rocks need to be dug up from beneath the surface and then dealt with. Maybe some simply need to be broken so they're not a block anymore. Our God can do all that in our lives by the power of his word and of course that power being ultimately displayed at the resurrection of Christ when that power is unleashed in the lives of God's people in the gardens of our souls then we can go deep deep in our faith deep with Jesus getting beyond the superficiality that is more and more characteristic of those who call themselves Christians. Even after having been here for only one year, I know some of you have had to deal with various rocks in your lives. Some of you have told me about those rocks and how they have created a struggle spiritually and or emotionally and made it difficult to be healthy emotionally and spiritually. I've watched rocks appear in some of your lives 
for no particular reason or for some reason beyond your control, a rock or multiple rocks have found their way into your lives. I've watched and heard that happen with some of you. All of us sometimes have rocks we need to deal with. Kind of like we did last week, I want to ask you to take your paper, which this week has rocks on it, and prepare to write on it again. Ask God to help you name some of the rocks in your lives. To help you own those rocks as, yes, this particular occasion, this struggle, this relationship, this thing, this situation has been a rock in my life. And it gets in the way of me putting down deep, solid roots. And it's slowing my growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Ask God to help you name some of those rocks. And then write it on here somewhere. Again, this is not for anybody but you. You don't have to show this to anybody. You can write on rocks. You can write around the border of the paper. Write some of those things, those rocks in your life that are affecting you right now. Rocks that you need God to do something about because you're having trouble doing it yourself. Name some big rocks, some middle-sized rocks and some small rocks. And then as we take a moment or two in silent prayer, write those down. Continue to ask God to help you see and understand what those rocks in your life might be. I wrote down a couple on my paper during the earlier service. I've got a couple more I can add, no problem. So I want us to ask God to show us the rocks in our lives the way that God sees them. Rocks that we need God to do something about because we can't. And then I want us to take a moment or two in silent prayer as we've listened for God to show us some of those rocks then take a moment in silent prayer to surrender them to the Lord who is our solid rock. Take a moment. Rachel's going to play just a little bit of quiet music to give us a prayerful moment or two to allow God to speak to us and to help us see those rocks in our lives. We all have them. Let's take a minute or two to name them and to surrender them you're more than welcome to do that where you are. If it would be helpful for you to come here and kneel in prayer, you're welcome to do that. We're going to take just a moment to listen and to surrender. So let's go to prayer.
Lord, show us the rocks in our lives as you see them. And then give us assurance, hope in our King, in our Lord, and the ability for our God to handle those rocks. Anything that is, has been, or may be some point in the future, a block to our putting down deeper roots so that we can go stronger in you. Lord, we surrender them to you. Some of them will be easy. We just need a quick word, a short prayer, and a decision to do something about it. Some of them we've been wrestling with for decades. Some of them have been impacting our heart and soul, our sense of peace for a long, long time. Show us, assure us of who you are in contrast to what the rocks are. And by your word, work in our lives like a hammer to break up those rocks. We give ourselves to you, the gardener of our souls, to continue doing work in us that will help us become more like you. where there's still pain and struggle, hear the cries of our hearts. Where there's been victory, hear our prayers of thanksgiving. Where we are today, tomorrow, and the next day, Hear our prayers of hope for new life in new soils of our souls as you continue to work to bring about your will, your work in our lives. We surrender to you this morning asking that you have your way. Have your way, Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen.